Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. Many years ago, they discovered the journal of Christopher Columbus. And uh, when the initial discovery was made, there was so much anticipation about what would be found on the pages of the great adventurer and the great explorer. And when they began to research and look at the journal carefully, they found that there was a three-word entry that was found over and over and over again on page after page. It wasn't thrilling. It wasn't exciting. But this was the story. Three words. We sailed on. May I just say to you, you don't discover the new world every day. Every circumstance is not thrilling. Every day is not uh, the greatest day of your life. Many days, you just sail on. We're all sailing through this life. Uh, One trip, that's all you get. And sometimes you're sailing through the trials of life. But I've got an encouraging word for you today. You will come through it. Whatever God brings you into, He intends to bring you through. We return in our study today uh, to Paul's sailing journey in Acts chapter number 27. He's a prisoner, of course. He is uh, not on a voyage for leisure. He's not on a cruise ship. He's not on vacation. He is a prisoner, soon to be a martyr for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, he is in bonds on a boat. Listen to Acts 27, beginning in verse 1. And when it was determined that we should sail into Italy... They delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus's band. And entering into the ship of Adramidium, we launched, meaning to sail by the coast of Asia, one Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, being with us. And the next day we touched at Sidon. And Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go into his friends to refresh himself. And when we had launched from thence, we sailed under Cyprus because the winds were contrary. And when we had sailed over the sea of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. And there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy, and he put us therein. And when we had sailed slowly many days, and scarce were come over against Nidus, the wind not suffering us, we sailed under Crete over against Salmon, and hardly passing it, came into a place which is called the Fair Havens, nigh where unto was the city of Lycia. Let me pause just a moment and point out, it sounds like a beautiful place, doesn't it? The Fair Havens. Uh, But very often, when things look pleasant and fair, uh, trials are connected to them. In fact, Paul is getting ready to go in to the biggest physical storm perhaps he's ever been in. He's going to be involved in a shipwreck. That's the rest of the chapter. So uh, things at this point are about to take a turn. The Bible says in verse 9, Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, 
Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. So here is Paul sailing on, sailing through life, sailing through the trial, sailing into the storm. And I wonder why so much information is given to us about this trip. In fact, all of Acts chapter number 27 seems to be consumed with this storm that we'll study in our next episode. Uh, our next broadcast, we'll look at Eurachlodon. Uh, this was a massive storm that they're about to go into. But I'm convinced of this. Everything God gives us as a history like this is not just for us to know more about Paul. It is given for us to know more about God, the God of the storms. Aren't you glad that God is still God in the storms as surely as he is on the seashore? He is God when the waves are choppy and the rain is driving and the winds are blowing and the ship is coming apart as surely as when you feel very secure on a beautiful day on dry land. God is always God. And along the trip, as we sail on, there are going to be many things that the Lord has for us. Let me give you just a little sample from these opening verses of Acts chapter 27. One thing I would point out to you is that there are friends as we sail on. Now, the Bible says that this man, Julius, did Paul a great courtesy. He let Paul visit with friends that he met along the way. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, why did he let him do that? The Bible says in verse 3, he let him have liberty to go into his friends to refresh himself. What a beautiful principle and reminder that one of the most refreshing things God gives us here in this world are our friends. Uh, work at being a friend and work at building meaningful friendships. The longer I live, the older I get, the more meaningful those relationships are uh, because there is something refreshing about being with the friends that God graciously gives you. And uh, I'll remind you, God always has his people along the journey. So whatever storm you're in today, the Lord's going to let somebody cross your path. It may be a phone call or a, a note in the mail or a text message or uh, some other good providence of God, but the Lord sent that to you as his message just to remind you that he knows right where you are. It's not about the friends. It's about the God who sent the friends across Paul's path and gave him liberty to spend time with them. And turn it around. Remember this. There's somebody else in a great storm today. You know what they need? They need a friend. They need somebody to love them and encourage them and pray for them and refresh them. Pray today that God will use you to be a refresher. And then, as we sail on, not only are there friends, but there will also be friction. In fact, that's really what this passage is all about. The winds, in verse 4, are contrary. Uh, verse number 7, they sailed slowly many days. Uh, verse number 9, much time was spent and the sailing was now dangerous. In other words, there's friction here. Uh, there's pushback. There's opposition. There will be storms. If you're moving forward with the Lord, just know this. The storms of life are going to come. But I want to remind you that the same God that sent you into the storm, the same God that sends friends along the way is the same God uh, that is going to give you the grace you need to get through whatever friction you're in at this moment. Just keep sailing on. And then, thirdly, there are not only friends along the journey and friction along the journey, but many times there are frustrations along the journey. The friction is external. That is circumstantial. 
The frustration is internal. Sometimes the greatest storm is the one raging on the inside. Can you imagine Paul's great frustration when he discerns what is getting ready to happen? He speaks up and tells them, and the centurion doesn't believe him. A centurion won't listen to him. You ever feel like sometimes you're trying to help people, but they won't be helped? Or you discern something, but nobody's listening? Well, just know this. God knows right where you are. Uh, Even in the frustrations of life, when you can't figure it out or when you can't fix it, when you can't talk your way through it or out of it, when you can't change the circumstance, uh, when you are most frustrated, know this, God is still God. This is not the end of the storm, and this is not the end of the story. You just keep sailing on. As you sail on, God will give you friends to refresh you. God will give you strength to work through the friction, and God will give you his peace to overcome all the frustration of your heart. Like Columbus of old, some days we just have to sail on. So I don't know where your ship is today. I don't know where your journey has taken you, but I know this. Along the way today, there's going to be divine appointments and there are going to be divine resources. Let it be said by the grace of God, we sailed on. Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment, and we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before he ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why Enjoying the Journey exists, to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel. Whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website, Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey, but we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ. Christ.